Good evening. It's May 16th, 2023. Welcome back to Boomer X tonight, your nearly daily source for news and politics. I'm a risen lady heathen Hazel. Whatever is our show from other millennial news podcasts. That I was good and didn't touch the mic. Although I was doing the like you, you, do things thing. You're yeah, no. I'm like that because I'm bad. Like an asshole. I am. Um Well, normally we have a boomer. Um, Lazy-ass boomers. And not just any boomer. Uh, Mr. Boomer Rex himself. He's not with us this evening, as you can tell by his lack of speaking. Um, So, you two eat, sit, and breathe politics, and I'm still learning that's three unique perspectives tonight. It's two unique perspectives we share along with the facts from our literal round table. Um, Deep diving on things. Yeah, Boomer, Boomer Rex is getting prepared for his surgery, so um, we will not be doing a show on <clears throat> Friday. Um, Asshole and I may do a show on Tuesday. We shall see. But yeah, don't be surprised if you don't see us, um, but we'll definitely do something for Just the News on Friday um, next week, okay? So at the earliest, you might get something quick from us on Tuesday. If not, we will see you next Friday. Just a heads up. Get rid of that on the top. Okay. Um, so tonight, uh, we're going to talk more about uh, where, when, and why unions started. Hell yeah. Um, once again, I am horrified at how difficult it is to find information about anything before the 1900s. This is, this is, this is, um, I don't know if you guys remember when we did Thanksgiving breakdown of, you know, how Thanksgiving happened, but that was horrific and horrible and I hated it. Um, this is very similar to that. Um, so I found this article in uh, the Encyclopedia of Greater Philadelphia, which is online, you can Google it. Um, and this article was written uh, by Patrick Grubbs, okay? Um, so since um, since our first episode, we talked about the cordwainers, AKA shoemakers. Um, let's go into a little more detail about what exactly was going on with these shoemakers over, over the years, okay? Um, so shoemaker is one of Philadelphia's oldest occupations during the 18th and 19th centuries with the growth of the industry. Some of these shoemakers became leading figures in the nation's labor movement by, um, the 1770s, Philadelphia became the main hub for shoemaking locally. Uh, in other words, in the colonies and abroad. So like the West Indies, okay, was where they were selling. Um, they were exporting shoes to. Um, master shoemakers enjoyed the social statuses they gained and they fought bitterly to defend them. So when outside competition tried to push into their profits in 1718, the masters filed a joint petition to the Common Council of Philadelphia in an attempt to lock down their trade. Um, basically what they wanted to do was create a guild. Um, this however, didn't really go anywhere, um, until 1760 when they made, uh, quote, the Cordwainers Fire Company, supposedly. I can find no other place, uh, to back up the, this name Cordwainers Fire Company. Um, and the writer of this article claimed that 
their main goal was fighting fires. But when I Googled the history of firefighting in Philadelphia, they didn't say anything about this at all. Um, they didn't even go back past the 1800s. So I have no evidence to back up pretty much anything I'm going to be telling you this evening. Um, go team. Um <laughs> hey, it's better than anything I wrote on. And, and there's not really any uh, documentation to say they fought fires as claimed. Um, so we're just going to say maybe shrug emoji. Um, and uh, instead, I'll tell you what um, the masters did. And again, this is all what this guy says. Um, so they made this group, um, you know, the Cordwainers Fire Company, um, to consolidate their power and used funds to hunt down runaway journeymen. So basically, as a journeyman, if you said, fuck this, I'm out, and you yeah. ran away, it was like slaves. They'd, they'd go and chase Contact you down. Yeah. Um, um, so this band of 30 masters, uh, master shoemakers. So whenever I say masters, I'm referring to master shoemakers, just so there's no confusion. Um, kept other shoemakers slash journeymen slash workers out. So only these 30 people were in this. Yeah. And, and they controlled everything. So if you were a shoemaker and you weren't one of these 40 dudes, you had to do what they told you to do. Um, which uh, gave them total dominance over the field. Gadget cartel. Mm-hmm. So in 1789, they expanded their powers and influence by regulating shoemaking. So they regulated themselves. Um, this kept other shoemakers in the city from advertising in pamphlets Jeez. or newspapers or selling their goods in public markets. So they really locked down the whole system and said, do you have a card? Then you can't sell shoes here. You know, like yeah. that's really what they did. Um, so master shoemakers, um, what, their, what their job really is, is they teach workers and journeymen uh, the trade and decide how they are paid and treated. So that's what they do. They they train people. They you know show them the business. They show them how to make right. the shoes. It's the thing that yep. seems like it wouldn't be too terrible an idea for a structure. Right, right. And and this worked sort of okay for a while. Um, but ma the masters kept such tight grips on their power that journeymen. Now we're obviously talking when I refer to journeymen, I'm talking about the journeyman shoemakers because this is all about the cordwainers. So I'm always referring in that way, uh, began to understand they, um, they would never reach master status yeah. because only these 30 dudes. So if one of them, whatever, then maybe one person yeah. who's already a master shoemaker you will could. move into that spot. You but, quickly have to expand. Right. So they're not letting these journeymen now mm -hmm. get bumped up. So the journeymen are sitting there like, what the fuck, you know, yeah. what am I supposed to do? I have learned this trade i make good shoes and now i'm stuck paying dues or whatever to these people and i can never you know get my own journeyman or whatever yeah. to be able to train that sort of stuff like just just crazy um um the way shoes were made also began to change now this is before the mechanical stuff um, but what they did was they took parts of shoes so individual pieces of a shoe were sent to different places 
uh, to be worked on in an effort to make them more quickly, i.e. make more money. So they had people start specializing in just one part of a shoe. And so these people would make these individual pieces um, or when it got to that part in the process, they would just ship them to the next person. Now, the dude said, you know, this was done at home and that didn't really make sense to me. I feel like this is more of a, if you work out of your house, which most people did, then that's where you were doing this particular job. So instead of going into a place to work, they just send you the shoes or the part that you needed to work on and you would do that. So... Um, but um, that that upset the journeyman because now they're, you know, their job where it used to be one person would make a whole shoe start to finish. Now it's being pieced out, which is like, what, what's going on? Like, so uh, then John Bedford, who was a master shoemaker, um, his business kept growing and growing and he's doing really great. Um until he gets this one large order to be exported. Um, and his journeyman said no. And they refused to work um, unless he increased their pay for exported goods, um, which of course caused him to default on many orders. Now, the way this is worded, it sounded like there were several different things going on here, but as I read, through it, it sounds like this is all one event, so I'm not really sure. So um, one thing I'm going to tell you is the journeymen had their own societies, of course, right? So like the big guys, the masters have their big thing. Uh, the journeymen all have their own little societies amongst uh, whatever. Uh, so they band together um, throughout the 1790s. Um, and, you know, helped each other to stop scab workers. Now, scabs are people who cross strike lines to work um, for cheap, right? So, so they'll do the cheap job and, you know, so the company can keep running, which is why you used to see a lot of scuffles. Like back in the day, you used to be able to beat a scab. Like you're not allowed to go in there and they would just beat them up and chase them off. Um, that obviously changed over the years. The violence for strike breakers, and yeah. You're not allowed to do that anymore, although I feel like you should still be allowed to do that. Don't cross picket lines. Yeah, it's not okay. Um, so, um, and then, uh, and they, hopefully this improved their wages, um, but I have no idea, because... Um, I'm just going to read the quote from this article, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. There is no, nothing before that explains this, nothing after it that explains this, so I have no idea what this means. But it, he just says, um, the journeymen returned to their benches quickly, however, after an agreement between the two parties reduced the rate deduction to half its original size. I thought they wanted more money. So now I'm confused. What is a rate deduction and what is right? cutting it's it in half? Be a, we were going to cut pay, it sounds like. And they agreed to cut by less, which... They're... I don't think... Because they wanted more money, so how would getting less money be them... Why would they go back to work? It just... Uh, and I don't know what a deduction is. Like, he doesn't explain what this rate deduction is. Or what benefit this was for them. Um, and 
again, trying to look anything up to corroborate any of this yeah. is just impossible. There's there's just absolutely nothing. Um, uh, so I just can't with this particular article. Newspapers are the worst. Right yeah. Now. This is when 18, what? So this is the 17, yeah. starts in the 1700s. And we're in the 1790s. Yeah. So at the I, end of this, so I hate that period. There's just there's just no information, um, and I'm sure there is. Not like pirates and not anarchists. If I could go to Philadelphia and dig through Wall's newspaper articles, I might yeah. be able to piece together a little bit more information. So but, sign up on Patreon, send it to Pennsylvania. But again, this article is from. You're not gonna remind you of this. Send us to Philadelphia. <laughs> this then article. We we're in the wrong place. Yeah, right. Uh, this article is from the Encyclopedia of Greater Philadelphia online. Okay. The hey, Encyclopedia of Greater Philadelphia, and this dude has no like. It's an essay he wrote, I guess. Maybe yes. he was a high schooler. I got nothing. No, this no, is. Whatever the hell, Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> This is just crazy to me, but so hungry. Um, I think that at this point, because of where we're at and because none of this information can even be, I haven't been able to find anywhere else to kind of double check it. I've seen other people, um, I've found other articles that kind of give like a one sentence nod to this sort of thing, but that one sentence doesn't cover all of this. So I think we're going to give up on the cord waners at this point specifically. Um, unless you guys want to hear more of what this article has to say. Um, yeah, send in comments yeah, asking for more of this. Comment to ask for more about this. Otherwise, ask down the rabbit hole. Otherwise, I'm going to say that I feel like this is enough information about the journeyman yeah, um, and, and the, the masters and how that relationship works. I would skip my ass all the way down to... <laughs> 1840s i i did it was all about 10 hour work days i did read a little bit about what was called the uh bacon um hold on i like things and nachos oh but i no 1840s pinkertons 1947 Taft Highly. That's the one I'm going to try and get to do. Uh, the Bacon I Rebellion. Yes. Sorry. Um, no. So I did read some about Rise up, the the ba Bacon's Rebellion. Okay. Um, and that turns out because I found it in a list of like labor movement stuff, um, and this happened um, in 1676. See, we're going the um, direction. Exactly. And and so I read some of this and I realized that a lot of people thought this was a labor thing and it, and it wasn't. That this was just kind of the beginning of Civil War-ish, uh, something like that. But anyway, um, this turned out to be not anything related to a labor movement at all. So I, I bailed on it as soon as I had that explanation and moved on. And that's when I decided that, hey, let's look more into these cord waners um, and see what was going on with them. And so now we know what's going on with the cord waners. So let's now move on to some more real serious events um, that, that, that helped with the labor movement. Um, so I think we're going to 
move on if everybody's cool with that. Again, if you're not, if you want to hear more about the Cordwainers um, in this particular vein or from this particular article, um, one of the things you can do is go and read it yourself. Um, maybe I'll put a link in the description on the YouTube. You're um, very nice. So that you can you can just read it yourself because I found it very lacking in detail or explanations of uh, again what the what the fuck is a rape deduction like no no explanation yep. so um, maybe you guys maybe somebody's into tax stuff and they know what that means I don't know let me know if you know let me know and um, gosh it's gonna be a real short show if we leave it at this. We're only at 16 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, I I just hit a wall with this, and I was just like, no, I, I can't keep reading. <laughs> so Yeah, 1842, you get the Commonwealth vs. Hunt, which is the one that lets labor out from under English common law, which said that conspiracies to raise wages was a crime. Right, and I think one of the things I found is that the stuff from prior to America being America, um, I'm not really sure how, in, I mean, it's important, but not, I don't really feel like I want to waste too much time on it. Like I said, with everything I found about these Cordwainer, like yeah. there's just no information. So I think we're going to get better information from... <laughs> for real America being a we, real we're thing. getting to know how to write papers not too terribly long after that right and loads of it is things for like 10 hour days right so, right there's gonna be a whole squabble about and child stopping, labor rights yeah stopping kids from working that sort of stuff so now there's gonna be a civil war they're gonna get tangled up in civil rights things and there's a lot of cross-pollinating history there but again, the the Cordwainers were one of the early, uh, you know, people who were into wanting to make more money and nine and a half other things um, as <coughs> journeymen and uh, regular workers and stuff. So, um, yeah, and, and again, I don't feel like we need to go any further. You jump to the New England Shoemaker Strike of 1860. Oh, sure. What do you got on that? Um, it was the largest... Work stoppage. It was in Lynn, Massachusetts. 20,000 workers went on strike across New England. So it was the largest workout, uh, walkout in American history pre-Civil War. Awesome. So so even New England <coughs> shoemakers were, you know, getting shit done. So mm -hmm. I feel like shoemakers were a big part of that. 1908, New Hampshire invents the weekend. Mm-hmm. For the We also invented the alarm clock. Well. Much later on, but. Yeah, no weird. <laughs> So, no, um, for me, a lot of it's going to be the ebb and flow of, as the laws loosen up and labor can do more of the strikes and wildcat strikes, like the Pullman strikes are in here somewhere. Yeah, and, and that's 1894. The, and that's the type of stuff I really want to talk about is the much more organized, more recent stuff. Well, and that really made big changes. The other is largely, I don't know, I'm going to just guess wildly but less it was a more standard market correction that right you're gonna have to make more masters or expand right take over other cities mm -hmm. and send right a master and some apprentice well and that's the, the thing is that um philadelphia had gone into other cities yeah. and other state or 
But you have to grow at a rate that allows for everybody to move up enough slots or whatever sort of profit sharing needs to work out. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, And again, like this is kind of the beginning of like hardcore capitalism where more, you know, pay workers less so we can earn more. Um, This is the consolidation of power that we see. And this is interesting because even within the cordwainers themselves, they consolidated their power so that the lower people couldn't whatever. And And post-Civil War, the moneyed interests know what their money can get them. Right. Right. Real ass delivered on the street violence. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to pay enough and some of the players in this are going to Right, have enough to do that. Yeah. So I think next what I'll probably do is pick like a big strike that there's like a lot of information on so that I'm not just trying to rely on one asshole who doesn't understand how to explain things. Um, Or, you know, or something equally vague. Um, And we'll we'll move on with this. But this was just interesting and I I did want to, you know give you guys this information um because i think it it kind of shows the direction this is headed Mm -hmm. right so we we have a good idea of how things are being organized now well and it shows that the money interest lost in court and then they were like well fuck court and someone fetch a goon squad and the fucking pinkertons were there and loads of other groups were there Right. I want to say there was like the Iron Mountain Police. There, like, there's a lot of this. Um, that's actually one of the early times when you get to see the police get real organized from something uh, more closely related to just keeping right fire alarms, right, and keeping an eye out for the various things. Or for a while in Boston, because of course Boston, um, it was just like your warehouse would get broken into, and they were sort of your crime organizer. And they'd get your material back for whatever, like, percentage. Right, right. Which they would then go and split with the guys that stole the stuff. And so, eh, at least they made it a craft. Right, no, exactly. Um, And another thing you can do is go to socialwelfare.library.vcu.edu and um, look uh, labor, labor history timeline 1607 to 1999. And they had, this is how I started looking into some of these things, is they've got a list here going all the way back to 1607, which I feel like is less important to the modern day labor union, yeah. which is more what we wanted to focus on, well, I feel like. For me, it um, fits a lot that the management has only ever given lip service to basic fucking manners, and only then when the fancy dress and stuff made it so that that was the barrier right that if you couldn't afford fancy wigs no one was going to be confused by your knockoff secondhand wig right so um in 1676 bacon's rebellion of servants and slaves in virginia um and then when that turned out to be not really important the way i wanted it to i went to the next thing on the list which is 1677 the first recorded prosecution against strikers in new york city yeah and as i was trying to look that up i i couldn't find anything um on the 1677 but what i did end up finding was something from 1705 which was related to the cordwainers um 
And that's what led me then to to this that I ended up, you know, finding and, and reading through. Um, and that, um, I think, I think it was 1705, but that 1705, um, court hearing, the only thing I could find on it was a PDF. And I don't, I don't download PDFs that don't come from trusted sources. So since this was not something I could click to go to a web page and make sure that it was a good web page, um, and then download the PDF. I didn't want to, but it was from the um, Supreme Court. Well, and we were protected from, right? And post, it might have been 1805. I'm not sure anymore. Post-rebellion, a lot of it's going to be, we were protected because we were being shitty about British common law, is my guess. Because a lot of what I saw was the sort of standard that, yes, they could get you for the conspiracy to whatever to increase wages, but... They could also just as easily get you for any about 12 other things. Yes, yeah, sorry. I, I was right the second time. So 1805, Philadelphia Shoemakers found guilty of conspiracy. So that's what led me to looking into more of the cord wieners, which is why we, we got this. So anyway. And I feel like there was a time when, like, I don't know, we didn't drink beer to not drink the water, or is that just the British? Uh, I think that's just the British. I think we hadn't poisoned our water in America here yet. Um, <coughs> but I'm not sure. That I am less certain of. Uh, but I do know for a fact that in most of Europe, they drank wine and beer because yeah. you're not drinking from those waters. You don't know what's upstream. Yeah. yeah. Well, and everything you were doing for plumbing was such a bad idea half the time. Yeah. So. so anyway, so that's that. Um, again, if you want to hear more about this specifically, let me know. Otherwise, we will be moving on. Pigertons tapped hardly. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe, heart, follow, review. Smash that, that like button on YouTube. Go to Boomerang and no spaces for fun memes and a link to our Patreon. Give us a dollar. Um, by the way, if you have ideas for a meme that you would like me to make, Comment, let me know, send me a message on Boomer Rex tonight. You can do it, we all believe in it. And I will make that meme. Um, you can find us on YouTube as Boomer Rex or check your favorite podcasting service for Boomer Rex tonight. We can be found on over a dozen different platforms, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Samsung Podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at Rex Tonight. And if you Google Boomer Rex tonight, no spaces, all links will lead you to us. Oh, one more Thank thing. Thank you, don't buy me. Oh, shoot. I can't believe I forgot. I was on another podcast as a guest, um, and that podcast is called Oh Malort, um, and the episode is called It's Okay to Punch a Nazi. How do you spell so, it? So um, it's O-H comma M-A-L-O-R-T exclamation point. You can find it on Podbean or any one of your podcasting services like us, and I will also put a link in the description uh, specifically to the episode I am in. So if you guys are interested in that, please go and check out the rest of her stuff. Um, her podcast is amazing, and I find it fascinating. It's about Chicago history. So love you all, and we'll see you back here in, we'll just say Friday, and if you see us Tuesday, count it as a bonus, okay? You're welcome. Love you all. Bye.